Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in, so if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casinos as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Polina Edmonds, and today I have a special guest. He is the 2019 World Bronze Medalist and 2018 Olympian, Vincent Joe. Hey, Vincent. Hey, Polina. It's great to be on your podcast. Yeah, thanks for coming on it today. It's so funny. I have a lot of memories from when we were younger, training together on those super early, like, 6 a.m. sessions in San Jose, and we never realized how big our futures could be in this sport. So it's really fun to think about those times. <laughs> it was earlier than 6 a.m. I'm pretty sure there were some days we were on the ice by 4.45, I think. So yeah, honestly, I don't doubt it. It was pitch dark outside and we were on that north rink, I'm pretty sure. It's funny to think that back then we were happy to, you know, get up at like 3.30 a.m. to go skate. But now even 7 a.m. is early. <laughs> that is so early. I know. It, it is insane. Every time I watch little kids still to this day, they're on the ice at 5 a.m. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, although to be fair, the, the needs of, uh, of an elite athlete training at a high level with, you know, being warmed up, time of day, the body functions and all that is different from, you know, when you just get on the ice and you're young and, and my mom's in the rink doorway, propping my arms up and like all that stuff, you know, it's different. (laughs) (laughs) I just had that perfect photo that you just described in my head of your mom in the doorway. (laughs) Oh Oh my gosh. If you know, know. you know. (laughs) No, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, no, no, you're so right. It, it totally depends on the type of workouts that you're doing too, because I could not imagine warming up, you know, five triples and then running a long program at 5am in the morning. But when you're young, that's, that's not what you're doing. So it is different as you get older, but I continued skating in the Bay area and you transferred your training to different places. I personally wanted to congratulate you on your achievements so far in skating because it is insane. And to be an Olympian, part of that Olympic club. Uh, it's the dream of all of us. And so again, to have you in my memory as being on the ice together as little kids, um, it is so amazing. And you were the first person to successfully land a quad Lutz at the Olympics. That is huge. I, I don't know why that's not talked about more because that accomplishment is insane. What was your experience like at the Olympics? And yeah, how was it for you? Uh, well, first off, about the quad lutz, I, and I've acknowledged this in uh, interviews and press conferences before, the only reason I was the first one and not Boyang from China 
is because I my starting order was earlier than him because my world ranking was lower. So <laughs> lower world ranking wow. comes with his benefits, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, anyway, the, the Olympics, uh, I mean, the, there's no words for it. It's, it's just loftier, more, more nerve wracking, way more pressure, way more media attention, way more internal pressure. Everything in your life has built up to that one moment. And it feels so surreal being there, knowing that you're just one amidst an entire sea of great athletes who have each had stories as difficult and unique as their own. Because like as much as as much as people like to, you know, talk about their own struggles and their own overcoming failures and stuff, it's really humbling to be amidst everyone who has probably gone through a lot more than well. For at least for me than I have. And I, I guess it kind of helps you put things in perspective. And at the same time, you also feel incredibly proud of yourself for having made it to that level. Because I'm sure everyone at the Olympics um, fought like hell to get there. And um, once once they're there, it feels a true sense of I belong here. This is what I worked for. This is where I'm meant to be. This is where I'm going to make my dreams come true. The whole time you're there is just a surreal experience. It's very hard to put into words. Yeah, I was about to say, as you were describing that, it is just unreal being there because it's kind of like exactly what you said. You're working so many steps, so many steps, like your entire career of whatever sport you're doing to get to that stage. And so once you've made it past all of the hurdles, all of the challenges, everything to be on that stage is just, it's your moment. That's all it can really be. You know, you just have to take everything in, live in the present and be like, I'm here. And then on top of that, like people are also trying to achieve, you know, podium Olympic, like medals, all this different stuff. And so it's, it's like a crazy playing field to be a part of very humbling being around amazing athletes. Yeah. It is so cool. Yeah, for sure. Tell us about your current coaching situation. So who are you with now and how's it going? So uh, my main coaches are currently Christy Kral and Mie Hamada uh, from Japan. Obviously, I'm not able to travel to Japan right now to uh, to train with Mie. So I'm just in Colorado Springs getting my training in every day. Um, I am communicating with Mie. Uh, I'm sending her videos, getting feedback. Christy and I get on calls with her to you know talk a little bit about my training and what's going on and think areas I can improve on and future plans so um something that's very important for uh, a coaching dynamic like this is communication and I think in the skating world lots of people important people get involved in the politics and the inner workings of stuff and they end up more self-serving interests than really thinking what's best for the athlete. How, how can we achieve this common goal that we have? I'm really lucky to have two main coaches who are open to communication with each other and with me who are willing to provide and share information. I think that's critical to uh, the success of any athlete with multiple coaches. If you're getting different sources of information from points that don't connect with each other, then it can be confusing and frustrating and very conflicting. And I, you know, I, 
as somebody with multiple main coaches in the past, I know firsthand that this is a difficult dynamic to get right. Um, but so far, it feels like a good relationship and things are going well. So I'm happy with my current coaching situation. I believe that this could very well be the coaching team that I'll take to the 2022 Olympics. So, yeah. That's awesome. No, that's really good to hear. I actually was just talking to uh, Brian Boitano about this kind of thing with coaches. Like the U.S. has a very weird culture with coaches sharing information or working alongside together. Uh, Like they kind of become independent and they don't want to share, you know, their expertise because I think it's kind of like you were saying, a little bit of politics, a little bit of uh, ego kind of thing. Like generally speaking of course for coaches but it's it's the best when the athletes can be able to be free and go and get you know different sources but put it together to connect the dots um, and you know get information that may be different or maybe similar and combine it to make it the best possible situation for you um, so it sounds like you got that under control and everything and it sounds like you have a good thing so cool Well, your jumps are amazing. Your quadlets triple toe with your hands over your head is amazing. I have a question. Most skaters learn each jump in order, right? Like when we're learning doubles, we're learning triples. We go sow-cow through lutz. But I see a lot of men doing quadlutzes. Does that mean that you have all of the quads and you learn them in order? Or is it just you focus on a particular quad and you, you attack that one, whatever's most comfortable for you? Here's the way I see it. I think in men's skating, I think when everyone has their triples basically down pat, easy, triples are like warm-up jumps for them, they all start to feel the same. You know, a triple is a triple. And then you think, at least this is the way it went in my head, if if I can do a triple lutz just as well as I can do a triple sow, why can't I do a quad lutz just as well as I can do a quad sow? Because obviously, I mean, the first quad that most people try is sour toe because those are supposed to be the two easiest triples. But when I was still novice, when I was a junior, I would practice my triple lots so much because it was the hardest triple. It was the cool triple to do, you know. But then it popped into my head. I, I don't know exactly when this was, but it was probably around the time that I was starting to learn multiple quads with the sour toe and all. I thought to myself, if my, I, okay, I've practiced my triple lutz so much for years that it's even better than my other triples. If my triple lutz is better than my other triples and I can do a quad sow and a quad toe, why can't I do a quad lutz? But that was still out of the box thinking at the time I started trying the quad lutz, which was 2015. Back then there were only, I think, three other people to do it, which was Brandon Rose back in 2011. Then there was Boyang Jin, and then there was Nathan Chen. I was afraid that Tammy would not be happy with me for trying crazy things and potentially injuring myself. So I think it was a Friday afternoon. I waited until an afternoon session when she was gone golfing, and uh, and then I, I tried it on a session when, where she when she wasn't there. And my I, I guess my theory was correct. My uh, my triple lutz is better than my other triples, so my quad lutz should also be better than my other quads, and I landed it on my third try. That moment was just mind-blowing for me. At 15 years old, I just became the youngest person in history to land a quad, and I did it on my third try. And 
that's kind of when the seeds of um of reality of the 2018 olympic dream were planted in my head because i i feel like before that point i wasn't sure if i had what i needed to you know even have a chance of getting on the team because the 2017 to 18 season was my first season as a senior internationally and for someone to make the olympic team in their first senior international season is a very low chance i'm gonna risk with you on that one because same yeah (laughs) yeah yeah The, the components like you just don't get components in your first year senior so i knew that i had yeah. to up the technical technical content to get the points to make it uh, which is why i tried all those crazy quads in an attempt to you know get the technical score up there above uh, above 100 and um and i uh, honestly i didn't i didn't mm-hmm. think i had it before before i tried my quad lots but once i got my quad lots everything changed all of a sudden i felt like i was capable and then through the following year i i guess i just had a crazy series of events that resulted in making the olympic team and uh, becoming the the first person in olympic history to land a quad last there so uh yeah success Woo! that sounds like some strategic thinking that ended up working just the way you needed it to <laughs> more of a series of miracles i'd say rather than uh hard work plus miracles maybe maybe a little talent in there <laughs> i don't that's know that's it right there <laughs> like I, I ever oh definitely i think that's like the the trifecta you know you need you need luck on your side, no matter how hardworking and talented you are, like timing is everything. So luckily that lucked out for you. Yeah. Timing for sure. Yeah. Things have to come together at the right time. So after the Olympics, you started at Brown University last year, right? So congrats on that. First of all, that's awesome. Um, What were you studying? What are you studying? I should say. I was kind of experimenting with some things and also the number of courses available to me was very, very limited because I was trying to train at the same time. I was So Providence is a little bit of a drive from Boston, but the times that I was commuting uh, was rush hour, both there and back, which ended up being up to four hours a day in a car, which means that the whole day pretty much Whenever I train, that that day is fully training because of the commute. I don't have time to do any classes, so I had to section my week off Monday, Wednesday, Friday, plus Saturday and Sunday are training days, and then Tuesday, Thursdays were the only days I could take classes. I ended up having a very limited selection of classes, and I I decided to start, I guess, forging my way into the business finance sector. I'm currently doing an internship uh, with an e-commerce startup based in San Francisco. So not many freshmen get internship opportunities like that uh, to see how tech startups based in the Silicon Valley run. So I think it's a great opportunity for me that I've got going right now. But once I, once I return to college, I'm going to definitely continue in that direction. My, my one semester on campus was not really, really directional. It was just, there to get it done because I'd originally requested three gap years after being accepted so that I could fully commit to training for the 2022 Olympics and then go back to college. Um, But I was 
given two and a half, which is already very good because I think the most Brown has ever given anyone was two. So getting two and a half wasn't that bad. So, so yeah, I just had my one semester on campus, which I knew was going to be difficult, but lots of things came up that I didn't expect and it ended up being even more difficult. You know, I almost quit skating during that time. So yeah, I mean, I, I haven't talked about it that much, but um, it was not an easy time for me. And I'm really grateful that I made it through. I mean, a, a couple of opportunities presented themselves to me near the end of my time at Brown. And, you know, it, they were diff very difficult decisions to make, skating, skating related. And I, I kind of took on the challenge and decided to move to Toronto to train with Lee Barkel and Lori Nicole there. That resulted in uh, a huge personal victory for me at 2020 Nationals, where with only three weeks of training after months off, I managed to end up on the podium. That you know, that was one of the one of the biggest personal victories for me. I would not quite put it on the same level as the Olympics, but it was a big personal growth moment after almost quitting skating and you know relationships in my life stretched this way and that and struggling with with my own life decisions and finding my place in the world as as an adult and after all of that coming out and succeeding at nationals with only three weeks of training was huge for me so i'm really glad i did that because you know if i didn't make that decision to return to skating and do that then i wouldn't you know i wouldn't be here right now so Okay guys, really quick, I wanna tell you about this awesome company I'm partnering with, Viome. You can find out what foods and supplements are right for your body with their health intelligence test. It looks at your gut microbiome health, your cellular health, immune system health, and more. I'm super excited, I just received my testing kit, it's super simple, and I can't wait to get my results back. Seriously encouraging you all to try out Viome. It's so cool and it gives you personalized information and resources for your individual health. Order your test on www.viome.com and use code POLINA at checkout. That's P-O-L-I-N-A. I can't wait for you guys to get your results. That's, that's really awesome. I'm so happy for you that you got to have that moment. Um, if you don't mind me asking, why were you considering quitting skating if you already had a two and a half year gap year or you were planning on having a gap year? well so anyone who's who's ever tried to balance uh, a serious high level sport and also serious high level school knows that it's very very difficult and each situation is unique in my situation i wasn't able to just train conveniently at a local rink the commute was very difficult getting my head in the right place each morning was beyond difficult. I mean, when you have to wake up early in the morning after a day of classes and realize now you have to go skate for a whole day and then come back in the evening and study more and then immediately switch gears back to study mode, uh, wake up early for classes, spend the whole day studying. Then the next day you wake up early again and it's time to go skating and you have to just take your mind off of all the schoolwork and switch it to it's time to do my job out on the ice it's time to get my body in peak condition i mean it's such it's such a difficult groove to get into when you're in a good training rhythm like it takes weeks even months of preparation to get yourself into a good training groove much less you know good condition for competition and 
And to, to, to get into that with the distraction of high level education is for me, it was just nearly impossible to live with a foot in each world. Plus my training schedule is not like I had normal training, training days either. Like my, my weekend days, normally the days people take off were full training days. And those were also my days off from school, which I had to dedicate fully to skating. But basically my mind had no rest. It was either training or school. There, there's no days off, no, no time for anything. And that took its toll. I had to withdraw from my Grand Prix because of midterms. And then after that, I just found myself losing motivation. Like I was trying so hard to go into the rink and keep up the motivation and, you know, run my programs and, and try to do the jumps, but with unfamiliar conditions and my body not feeling great um, and not enough sleep and, and, and all that stuff, I lost my touch on the ice. I lost my mental touch. Stepping on the ice, I just felt like I don't belong here. It felt like I belonged back in school studying. What am I even doing out here? I withdrew from my Grand Prix. I don't have, really have anything in the near future to train for. My body feels like crap. I, I can't even do a clean quad sow anymore. What am I doing out here? You know, my relationship with parents and coaches also became a little difficult because, I mean, obviously the decision to step away from skating is a big one. And when you're moving in that direction, there's going to be a lot of oppositional force from the other people on your team. And it was a big mess. I'm super lucky that I, I guess what happened is I, my agent called me and said, Hey, you know, I've been thinking, um, it sounds like you're in a difficult place. And I think a change of environment after you're done with this semester before the next semester starts could help you reevaluate your priorities and, uh, and your intentions with skating. And you can take this opportunity if you'd like and, and see where it goes. And so during Thanksgiving break, with about one month in the semester left to go. I was able to take a few days off with, with school being out. And I flew to Toronto to meet with Lee Barkel. And I had a little chat with him. I met with Lori. I met with Kurt Browning, two of my favorite skating people in the whole world. And um, after talking and meeting with them, I, I guess I started to feel a little more hopeful that there was still a possibility after the semester ended, I just decided to, you know, to go with it. I didn't even know if I was going to compete at nationals, honestly, because I could barely do a triple axel out of the program. And I, you know, I wasn't ready. I hadn't trained my program in months, but through incremental goal setting and, you know, evaluating what's a reasonable goal that I can uh, start attempting at the beginning of this week and make, you know, gradual progression towards uh, and achieve by the end of this week, like working with Lori every week on my skating skills and developing the choreography and, the, and, and bringing the passion out into my skating. I mean, I'm really grateful to Lori and Lee for bringing my skating career back from the brink of death, to put it a little dramatically. Since, uh, since the pandemic, the circumstances have changed and I, you know, I'm not able to go back to Canada to train um, so the best move was to uh, switch to a Colorado Springs-based team where, you know, where, where I've been stuck. So, um, I, I mean, I parted ways on good terms with Lee 
And I mean, Lori, my choreographer, I'm still working with her virtually every single week and we have a great thing going. So if I had the option to go back and reverse any, anything that happened, I would not do it because that would make me less of a person than who I am today. So I'm really grateful for all of my experiences and difficulties and, and the ways in which I've grown. That's all you can really ask for, right? Your own personal journey, going to end up where you end up and then look back with no regrets. So that's, that's awesome that you were able to figure things out. And, you know, the skating community is obviously so stoked with your decision to keep going for the next Olympics. Yeah. So, so what are your goals in the future for skating? I mean, obviously you have the next Olympics, but. um... Well, if there is worlds, um, which, you know, if there isn't, I respect the decision, but if there is worlds, I'm, I'm going back to fight for another world medal um, because I know I'm capable and I know a lot of people probably doubt me um, with good reason, but in the 2018 to 19 season, I started off with uh, that Skate America where I did a quad lutz, a quad flip, and a triple axel in the short program and heard my score of 76 points. And then all of a sudden, every single one of my jumps was cheated, um, including the ones that were clean. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and then I had, to, I had a very difficult year of fighting through that while trying to continue develop, developing artistically. Even towards the end of the season, I mean, at 2019 Four Continents, I did a quad lutz triple toe to open my long. The quad lutz was perfectly clean. The triple toe was perfectly clean. I think they couldn't under-rotate the quad lutz. They just went ahead and just put a carrot on the triple toe, even though the slow motion replay was literally backwards. I have no idea whoever what whoever called that was thinking, but I guess once once that perception is out there it's so hard to overcome because people just see things the way they want to see things even if objective reality tells them otherwise right in front of their eyes like the human brain is insanely powerful once you think something it it almost tricks you into seeing it and i'm not saying that you know all my jumps were clean obviously i had technical issues i'm i'm not denying that i fully embraced that and and worked to fix that i guess my point is that it was a very difficult year fighting both internal and external adversaries and um you know by the end of the year i felt like i was in a better place i was i felt like i was in a stronger position i won bronze medal for continents and then the press conference i was asked what are your goals for the upcoming world championships and i said i'm going to focus on myself and do my job but i know that there is a possibility of me winning the bronze medal if I skate very, very well, it, you know, it may depend on other people making mistakes, but I'm going to focus on doing the best I can. Um, and, you know, if I were able to win a bronze medal, that would be incredible. Just for me saying that, people laughed at me and ridiculed me and, and they you know, basically said I couldn't do it, but I went and did it. I'm still keeping that same fighting spirit going into, you know, future competitions and the coming few seasons because I know that a lot of people probably still doubt me and don't see me as you know one of the top skaters but I've been working super hard on my technical content and I've been working equally hard on my spins and my choreography and my development as an artist and I truly believe that if I continue to work hard and 
keep my head level in a good spot. I'm very, very capable of, you know, proving that I belong. Beyond that, the Olympic season, that year is just go time. I mean, I don't have any room for injuries. I don't have any room for for obstacles or setbacks. I'm going to do all I can to turn my body into this, you know, well-oiled machine that just does the job. My body and my mind. My mind needs to be very strong. I need to be confident of my capabilities. Uh, I need to not let distractions face me. I need to keep my head level and in the game. I mean, everything, everything has to come together so that I can have the best shot at fighting for an Olympic medal because that's, that's, that's my dream. I mean, 2018 was, you know, all about making the team. Uh, 2022 is about winning the medal. I mean, right now I'm in the middle of the journey and if I'm going to be honest, as much as people will complain about trying to work hard and having to do this and that and, and putting in extra effort, as, as hard as it is, I'm appreciating every single bit of it along the way because I know that it's going to make me stronger and, and make me better and give me a higher chance of winning that medal. So, you know, right, right now it's just the grind um, and eventually just hoping that it'll pay off. Sounds like you got the right attitude. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, my last question real quick is just about, once again, the quads. You know, there's kind of talk about this new rule. I don't think it's actually passed yet, but it talks about putting every quad equal no matter the type of jump. So quad out, quad toe, same points as a quad lutz type thing. What do you think about those rules? Honestly, I don't know what to think about it because that's basically saying all the six different types of jumps are equally difficult. Um, if you're going to do that, then you might as well make all the triples equal value. You might as well make all the doubles equal value. And I know they're not going to do that. So why would they do it for the quads? Um, I understand that there has to be a balance between the technical score and the component score. Uh, I understand that, you know, with the quad craze in the past decade, um, it, a lot of art artistry and great component skaters have been overlooked and, you know, and I guess undervalued. I'm all for, uh, I'm all for a more balanced, uh, uh, a more, a more balanced uh, technical and component side. And, you know, I mean, that that's coming from one of the people who most people see as one of the, you know, quadsters. Earlier today, when I got off the ice after my session, where I was, you know, mm-hmm. really working hard on the, on the, on the skating skills and the knee bend and the flow earlier today. And I got off the ice and I thought to myself, I don't want to just be that one guy who lands a quad lutz in someone's face and they go, wow, I want to be that type of skater where if you're on the ice with me, you stop just to watch my crossovers because that's how good they are. I mean, I, I've always aspired to be a complete skater, but I'm, I, I never really truly realized what a lot of that meant until I started putting a lot more effort into my artistic development starting in the uh, 2018 to 19 season. And I think now, probably in the last month, I've truly started embracing what it means to, you know, be a great skater, not just, not just jumper, but skater. 
I mean, I want to, I want to fly across the ice during my choreography so, so, so fast that people feel the wind blowing past their faces and they just stop and go, wow, is that Vincent Joe? That doesn't look like the Vincent Joe I know. He couldn't skate like that last season. I, I want so badly to be able to, to, to skate like that with the jumps. And, you know, I know I'm not there yet. And that's, you know, that's just, that's just motivation for me. If I'm not there, I better get there. That's, that's my motivation. And uh, so I, I'm working for that. But uh, yeah, I, what do you think they could do to kind of like help that though? Like the balance, because it is such like a quad craze kind of thing that's happening now within the last five years. Do you think they need to limit how many quads? Like what, what's your take on it? Artistry is such a subjective thing that it's not like, it's not like a jump where you can evaluate, you know, specific attainable criteria like jump height, rotation, position, speed, difficult entries and exits, whatever. I mean, sure, you can, you can say, you know, this person had more difficult, intricate transitions or that this choreography made me feel and connect to it more emotionally than that person. But how do you translate that into points? You know, it's, it's very difficult. And I think, I think the way a lot of people um, who are familiar with the way the way specific things are scored would see it is maybe you should look at the total technical score and see how it averages out and then try and give maybe a general component factor so that the components can also average at the same average level as the jumps uh, or the technical score, I mean. Um, but given that the top skaters are getting technical scores of that would mean that, you know, if, if people could get like 110 points in components or whatever, then you might see new world records being set like every month, which is why uh, I guess the move, the more commonly embraced move would be to devalue the high scoring jumps like the quads. But I think it needs to be done in a way that doesn't make the people doing them feel like, well, quads aren't really seen as difficult or valued very highly anymore. Why should I even do them? You know, there has to be a balance. Like I think the, the motivation to try more quads has pushed skating in, in unprecedented ways. And people are doing things that nobody thought was possible years ago, which is great for the growth of the sport. Um, And I think you don't want to hinder that, but again, there has to be a balance and um, a delicate line, you know, stepping on eggshells, no matter what you do. So I don't, I don't have a solution. I don't think anybody has a concrete solution. It's, it's an ongoing debate. And honestly, as the skater, you can talk about it, but in the end you can, whatever happens, you can only accept it and do your best to adapt as the athlete being affected by the system. So whatever they decide, uh, I and, you know, all, all other skaters will all do our best to adapt to whatever rule changes come. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's all, that's all anyone can do, right? <sighs> it is, it is crazy. I mean, this for now is just speculation. So it's not like actively passed or anything yet. So we will see where they go on that, yeah. but it is, it's, 
definitely interesting to hear all the different stuff that they have flying around every year after Worlds, like trying to make new updates to the system. We will see. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, of course. My pleasure. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. Please let me know what you think. Subscribe to my channel. Give me a rating. Give me a review. Follow me on my Instagram. That's where I'm promoting this. My username is at Paulina Edmonds. And stay tuned for my upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for them. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.